0: Welcome to Transformation Church RVA. This sermon is a part of our series, Revelation, the end of the beginning. The book of Revelation can be an incredibly confusing and even frightening read, but it wasn't meant to be either. In fact, behind the violent and alarming imagery of Revelation lies a world of beauty as we see the self-sacrificial love of Christ forever triumph over the darkness we encounter all too often in our world. In this series, we take a deeper look at what the disciple John wrote and why dispel common misconceptions of what it all means, and celebrate our glorious future, it promises. So we're in a series in Revelation, okay, so we're walking through the book. In fact, I was supposed to start a whole new series next week, and I'm not going to do it, because I wanted to to take our time, and we have a little farther to go in Revelation. We've only gotten through chapter 5, and there's 22 chapters. <sighs> so, I want to kind of give you the big picture first, okay? Let me, let me explain what's happened. Everybody say, what's happening? What's up? Macy, big old smile. Okay. So, we met this guy named John, okay? John is in prison, how many of you have been to prison? I'm just kidding. Don't raise your hand. I don't want to know. He goes to prison. He's 90 years old. Can you imagine going to prison that old? Look, I got a guy over here. He said I can't tell if he's excited about being here, but he, I, I doubt he's been to prison. Um, John is getting a message from the Lord. And in chapter 1, we found out what God is doing in his church. Chapters 2 and 3, we found out God, what, what God was saying to his church. And then last week, man, what, what a message from God's word last week. We saw heaven. John went to heaven. And he saw the throne of God. Because you know this isn't it. Wherever you go home is not your permanent place of residence no the county might think so but it's not the case no he went to heaven and he saw the throne room of God he saw God's people represented and he saw the scroll and he saw it sealed up with seven seals who's worthy to open the scroll John says because in this scroll are future events What's going to happen? What's what's supposed to happen? What is the destiny of this world? Have you ever asked yourself that question? Where's this thing going? Well, it's in this scroll. And this scroll is all sealed up. Who's worthy to open the scroll? And they said, the lamb, the lion of the tribe of Judah, he's worthy. By his victory on the cross, he died for you and me. Jesus, he died for you and me. And that gave him the right To open the scroll, and so he took the scroll, and that's where we find ourselves today. So today, we are going to open those seals, okay? So I I do need to, I need to preface this by a couple things. One, um, what we see here is the beginning of the tribulation. That's the Christian term for uh, the apocalypse, you know. Uh, We call this apocalyptic literature. That's where we get the word revelation from, right? The unveiling. Um, The four horsemen of the apocalypse. Have you ever seen that in the secular world? This is is what we're talking about here. We're going to get into the four horsemen and these seven seals. Um, But before I can tell you about the seals, one thing that is not mentioned in Revelation, but is nodded to and and recognized in the rest of Scripture is the rapture. Everybody say rapture. Rapture means to get caught up. The rapture represents when Christ calls all his people, okay, in the current Christian age, up in the air, and we meet him. The Bible says in the clouds, in the air. Um. It is now. I'll. I'll. I'll I wish I had put some diagrams up here, but I'm trying. I'm going to try and describe this to you. There are many different thoughts on the tri- uh, on uh, the rapture. Okay, so uh, the rapture being Christ coming. How many of you watched Left Behind? The Left Behind series. Anybody watch that? I thought, wow, you know the majority of people have not seen that. Don't, I mean, watch it. I mean, it's very shocking. I wouldn't say it's completely biblical, though, so, but, but it, it's definitely a good watch. Um, there are people that believe Jesus is going to call us up to him in the rapture before the tribulation. There are people that believe Christ is going to call us up in the middle of it after the first three and a half years. And then there are folks that believe that Christ is going to rapture us after the tribulation. That we're going to walk through all seven years of the tribulation. And Now there's, there's scriptural debate on all of it, but I'll, I'll tell you where, where we land, and then I'll explain why. We believe that, and, and I've wrestled with some of this recently... Because there's some scripture that I'll point out here in a second. But we believe that Christ is going to come and catch up all his people, rapture his people before the tribulation starts. And I'll tell you why, and, and why I believe this. We find the rapture in 1 Thessalonians 4, uh, in 1 Corinthians uh, 15, in John 14. As a matter of fact, I'm gonna read these to you. Uh, in John 14, uh, it calls the rapture. It defines it kind of this way. Um, all right. Don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God and trust also in me. There is more than enough room in my father's home. If this were not so, would I have told you that I'm going to prepare a place for you? When, listen to this. When everything is ready... I will come and get you so that you will always be with me where I am. If we go over to 1 Corinthians um, chapter 15 it says this we have the resurrection of the dead in 12 um, uh, my way through here. Foolish question. Here it is. But let me reveal to you a wonderful secret. We will not all die. We will all be transformed. Everybody say transformed. It will happen in a moment in the blink of an eye when the last trumpet is blown. Now pay attention to that because that's one of the things that triggered something different. When the trumpet sounds, those who have died will be raised to live forever. And we who are living will also be transformed. For our dying bodies must be transformed into bodies that will never die. Our mortal bodies must be transformed into immortal bodies. So let me, let me paint this picture here. When Jesus returns to rapture his people, you know what happens? We go from a perishable, corruptible body to a glorified state. A glorified body, one that is incorruptible, one that is, uh, now, I used to be scared of of the rapture and heaven and all that, and I'll tell you why. Uh, I always pictured it as I'm going to be some type of ghost that's kind of floating around, kind of up around the pearly, I'm just a ghost. Now, if you saw my legs, you might think I already am. Yeah, okay, wake up. Yeah, I know. See, see that. <laughs> that's exactly why I did it, young man. Now, but that's not the case. We're not gonna be ghosts. When we come back down and he resurrects these bodies, he's resurrecting bodies for a reason. We're gonna have fingers and and and, and all the senses, sight. Hearing, touch, smell, all of it's going to be there. We're going to get glorified bodies. And then in 1 Thessalonians is kind of where I want to point out a couple of things here. Chapter um, 4, it says this. Verse 15, we tell you this directly from the Lord. We who are still living when the Lord returns will not meet him ahead of those who have died. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a commanding shout, with the voice of the archangel, with the trumpet call of God. First, the Christians who have died will rise from the grave. So the dead in Christ will rise first. You know why? They have six feet farther to go. Ooh, tough crowd. Okay. Verse 17. Then, together with them, we who are still alive and remain on earth will be caught up. Everybody say, caught up. In the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. Then we will be with the Lord forever. Whew. I am looking forward To that day. Whether you believe it's coming before the tribulation, during the tribulation, after the tribulation, I'll be glad when he catches me up. That is where my hope lies. Now, a couple reasons we are well pre trib folks here is is, is for several reasons. But number one, in Revelation, okay, everybody say revelation. Chapter 1, you see the church. Chapter 2, you see the church. Chapter 3, you see the church. Chapter 4, no church. Beginning in chapter 4 and all the way through the rest of the book, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, chapter 19, all the way through chapter 19, no church. It's mentioned in one through three a lot. And it's never mentioned again until when? In chapter 19, at the second coming of the Lord, he comes with his church. That's one of the reasons. There's no church ever listed. There's church before we talk tribulation. There's church after when he comes again for the thousand year reign, which we'll get to. But there's no church throughout the tribulation period. You would think if the church was in there, he would talk about it. You, also, all throughout Scripture, uh, and particularly, and we read this just a couple weeks ago, uh, chapter 3, verse 10. Uh, so I'm going to go over this, and then we'll, we'll kind of move forward because we've got to get to these seals. Revelation chapter 3, verse 10 says this. Because you have obeyed my command to persevere, I will protect you from the great time of testing that will come upon the whole world to to test those who belong to this world. He's talking to the church at Philadelphia here, and he says something very... This is a pre-tribulation rapture verse. And in the Greek, this whole I will protect you in the Greek is tereo ek. Tereo ek. And it means to keep you out of. Literally, if we were to read it, it would keep you out. I will protect you. I will keep you out of the testing to come. So um, 1 Thessalonians 1:10, 5, 9 through 11, Luke 21, 35, and 36, all point to. One conclusion. He's coming to get us. And if you look at all of Scripture, one thing that was nailed to the cross. Look, everyone in here was born a sinner. You understand that? Okay? You're born a sinner. And it is God's grace that has saved you. Okay? How did he save us? Did we deserve saving? No, no. If you look at your life, you would say, no, I don't deserve saving. Even t- yesterday, you could probably look at yesterday and say, no, nah, I don't deserve saving. But his grace extends to you. On the cross, he bore your sin and shame and died in your place. Jesus took that all on himself, every failing, every sin, all of it he took on the cross. Jesus, listen, hear this, Jesus took the wrath of God for you on himself in your place. The wrath, the judgment that your sin demanded, he conquered on the cross, he took on himself. And so, generally speaking, looking at Revelation, and the reason I don't believe the church is in the tribulation is because God has already taken His wrath out on your sin. So, so why would He expose you to His wrath again? And that's what we're going to get into today. It's the beginning of the tribulation time. The church has been raptured. And actually, what you'll see When we open these seven seals, everybody say seven. When he opens these seven seals, you will see an identical identical order in Matthew 24. If you go back to Matthew 24, um, and you can turn there with you if you would like. We're going to read real quick. Uh, We see a breakdown. His disciples, the disciples are talking to Jesus. And, 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 um. They're leaving the temple grounds, and his disciples in verse 3 ask him this question. They kind of pull him to the side and say, Tell us when all this will happen. Talking about the end times. What sign will signal your return in the end of the world? So Jesus told them this Don't let anyone mislead you, for many will come in my name, claiming I am the Messiah. They will deceive many. Just right there, um, he's talking about the Antichrist, um, who we find right here in chapter 6, right at the beginning. Watch this. The lamb is worthy to open the scroll. We're in Revelation 6, verse 1 says, As I watched the lamb broke the first of the seven seals on the scroll, then I heard one of the four living beings. You remember those creepy looking guys? Yeah. Yeah. One of them shouts like thunder, come. Verse 2, I looked up, I saw a white horse standing there. Its rider carried a bow and a crown was placed on his head. He rode out to win many battles and gain the victory. Now, this picture, okay, this picture, both of the Antichrist. So Jesus brings up... The Somebody's going to come and say, I'm the Messiah. I'm the answer. And then right here, John, right out the gate, from the mouth of the Lord, says, watch out. This very first seal, the very first thing that's going to happen, is there going to be a man that kind of comes to the scene to fool everyone. We see him talked about in 2 Thessalonians 2. It says, um... Don't you remember, verse 5, that I told you about all this when I was with you? And you know what is holding him back. Um, Talking about from verse 3, the man of lawlessness. That's how he talks about the Antichrist. There's going to be a guy that comes. The church is raptured. And then the Antichrist shows up on the scene. And actually, the very first thing that's going to kick this off comes from Daniel 9.27. Daniel was a, um, a guy who prophesied about things to come. And in, da- in Daniel 9.27, Israel makes a pact, a peace covenant, with the Antichrist for seven years. Seven years. So the Antichrist comes, the- the seal is opened here. He's a deceiver. What what are some things that mark him? The man of lawlessness will be revealed, Second Thessalonians 2 8. But the Lord Jesus will kill him with the breath of his mouth and destroy him by the splinter of his coming. This man will come to do the work of Satan with counterfeit power and signs and miracle. He will use every kind of evil deception to fool those on their way to destruction. And because they refused to love and accept the truth, that would save them. So the Antichrist shows up on the scene and begins to fool everyone. Fool everyone that still remains. So the church has been taken up. Those from the church age have been resurrected. And at this time, while all this is going on, believers are at the what they call the Bema seat, which is the seat where uh, all your works are assessed and rewarded. You know that's coming, right? For the believer, when the Bible tells us to store up treasures in heaven, when he tells us that there is a reward to come, when he talks about those things, when we are raptured to be with him in glory, there are rewards for those who have labored Some may be little, some may be great. But that's also where we see the marriage supper of the Lamb. All that's going up in the heavenlies while the earth is in the Antichrist viewpoint. Okay, let's keep going. So seal number one, the Antichrist. Seal number two, verse three. When the Lamb broke the second seal, I heard the second living being say, Come, then another horse appeared, a red one. How many's favorite color is red? Red. Oh, good. I was going to tell you to change your favorite color after this. Its rider was given a mighty sword and the authority to take peace from the earth. And there was war and slaughter everywhere. We find this right here in 3 and 4, but then we see this same thing mimic. The very next thing Jesus states is there are going to be wars. You've heard this and rumors of wars. There's going to be a mighty war that breaks out. And there was war and slaughter everywhere. So Antichrist comes. There's peace. Everybody's going to be fooled. And then the second seal's broken. And this writer comes to take all that peace through war. In verse 5, we find the lamb broke the second seal. I heard the third living being Say, come. I looked up and saw a black horse. Everybody say black. And its rider was holding a pair of scales in his hand. And I heard a voice among the four living say, A loaf of wheat bread or three loaves of barley will cost a day's pay. And don't waste the olive oil and wine. So what do you think happens after a war? Famine. That's right. So the Antichrist comes, brings peace, one world government, trying to fool everybody to think he is the Messiah, the war breaks out, his true colors are showing famine is a result. And so between war and famine, the fourth seal is broken next, the lamb uh, breaks the fourth seal, the fourth living being says, come, and I looked up. And I saw a horse whose color was pale green. Its rider was named Death. Everybody say Death. And his companion was the grave. Those two were given authority over one-fourth of the earth to kill with the sword, famine, disease, wild animals. Look, this is really educational up front, okay? Okay. Really educational up front. But the reason this is in Scripture, at least what I believe the reason it's in Scripture, is so that during this tribulation time, while it's called the Great Tribulation, say Great Tribulation, we can also call it the Great Revival. There will be more people that come to know Jesus during these seven years than any other time in history. In all of history. And I believe These words are here so those men and women can see, oh, he was right. It was right the whole time. But death followed. In fact, this horseman kills a quarter of all the livestock, animals, people. There are 7.6 billion people on the earth today. Did you know that? How many knew that? Some of y'all surely knew that. Yeah, there you go. Good job. That equates to 1.9 million people will die. You think COVID's the problem? You think, you think COVID's, COVID is a problem? I'm not downsizing it. I'm just saying. 1.9 billion people will die. Now, these seals, these seven seals, all happen within a three-and-a-half-year period. This is just the first half of the tribulation. So death comes. Seal number five. Watch this. This is an interesting one. When the Lamb broke the fifth seal, I saw under the altar the souls of all who had been martyred for the word of God and for, the, uh, for being faithful in their testimony. They shouted to the Lord, Yeah, I think I think my daughter is enjoying this. Praise God. I'm glad someone's awake, you know what I'm saying? I'm just kidding. I saw under the altar souls of all who had been martyred for the word of God and for being faithful to their testimony. So let me pause for a second. We just went from the earth. Okay, seals one, two, three, four. All these things are happening on the earth. The picture shifts immediately to heaven. So while all this is going on down here, there's something we need to understand that's going on up there. The fifth seal I saw under the altar, the souls of all who had been martyred. And these martyrs are saying, O sovereign Lord, holy and true. How long before you judge the people who belong to this world and avenge our blood for what they've done to us? So here's the the fifth seal being broken points to kind of a very uh, sobering fact. People will die for what they believe. This is more than just being left out of groups of friends. This is more than just roundabout oppression from the government or whoever you think is oppressing your religion today. This is death, the end of your life. They will kill you. And these martyrs, he sees them under the altar and they're saying, Lord, when are you going to avenge us? Avenge our deaths. And he does three things. He gives them a white robe, scripture says. Then a white robe was given to each of them. Number two, and he told them to rest. Number three, he told them the reason. So he gave them robes, he gave them rest, and then he gave them a reason here told them to rest a little longer until the full number of their brothers and sisters, their uh, fellow servants of Jesus, who were to be martyred, had joined them. Did you catch the reason? The reason the Lord had not caused full judgment and just killed all these unbelievers, all these people that had persecuted them. Why? God's very grace. People were still coming to know Jesus. Just rest. Now listen, he didn't tell them to wait. He told them to rest. You know there's a difference? There is a difference between resting and waiting. Why? What's that, Pastor? Let me tell you something. Let me tell you what the difference between rest and waiting is. Waiting has a level of uncertainty. Have you been in the waiting room waiting for the doctor to come out? Have you been waiting for something to happen, for someone to come around? There's no rest there. You know what rest tells us? You know why Jesus told them? Why why did God tell them to rest? Because the victory was certain. There's rest in knowing that I'm not waiting for what might happen. I know what's going to happen. So just rest. Can I tell you something today? I think many of us need to just rest. Or, as my wife would say, chill out. For the believer, there is hope today. In fact, today, there's still hope for the unbeliever, it's not too late. The word would say, Today is the day of your salvation. Rest. So at seal five, seal one, we have the Antichrist. He shows up on the earth. Seal two, war breaks out. Seal three is broken and there's famine. And then we see seal four is death. And then we see seal five, which points us to the fact that during this seven year period, many, many people are going to come to know Jesus. And be killed because of it. It tells you right here, why were they killed? For the word of their testimony. Let's move on to six. Let me check the time. Oh, boy. I watched as the lamb in verse 12. And listen, if you want to follow along, I see all of you looking down at your Bible. I love that. I'm not putting scripture back up on this screen ever again. Never again. Look at all you just biblical scholars in here. Just looking at the word. This is the best place to be. Verse 12 of chapter six in Revelation. There's a Bible in the pew in front of you if you want to look at it. I watched as the lamb broke the sixth seal and there was a great earthquake. The sun became dark as black cloth and the moon became red as blood. Then the stars of the sky fell to the earth like green figs falling, falling from a tree shaken by a strong wind. The sky was rolled up like a scroll. And all the mountains and islands were moved from their places. There's a whole Lot of shaking going on. <laughs> I have to, th- th- I try, I've tried to place a lot of lighter moments in this sermon because j- just the reality. Now, there are a lot of symbols in here, so we don't know exactly what it's going to look like, but one thing we can gather is that. All the systems that we see earthly going on right now fail. Everything is shook up. So this is not just a shake up of the heart. This isn't just a shake up of oppression. All the earthly systems, we the sun coming up and going down, all of it stops. The sun, the, the moon turns red. Think about this. Mountains and islands move. God, help us. It makes me thankful for the cross. As I I read all of this, you know what this is meant to do, right? It's supposed to reveal Jesus to us. And as I read this, I think, glory be to the Lamb who was slain, who can move mountains and islands and shake the entire foundations of the earth. Another thing we see here in 15, it says, Then everyone, and then it defines everyone, the kings of the earth, the rulers, the generals, the wealthy, the powerful, and every slave and free person, all hid themselves in the caves among the rocks of the mountains, and they cried to the mountains and the rocks. Look, the people who are here at this time, they they aren't even crying out to God. They're crying out to the earth. Fall on us and hide us from the face of the one who sits on the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb. For the great day of their wrath has come. Who is able to survive? Let me, I'm just gonna be straight with you. People don't preach wrath in church because it's uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable for the preacher to preach, because wrath is what you deserve, and nobody likes to recognize that. We kind of see the sins in our lives as, as if they're just light duty or maybe they're small or oh it's just a little it's just a little bit of this here, Carl it's, it's, it's nothing major, it's just a, a little lying. it's just a little gambling, it's just a little uh, just little. But that sin required payment. My God. And the, what that sin deserves is the wrath of a just God. I don't mean to make it too heavy this morning, but I need to tell you something. We need not underestimate what happened on the cross. We need not underestimate the power of sin. And we need not forget that judgment is coming for those who don't choose Christ. And let me tell you something, that wrath, that judgment is deserved. Now none of y'all are coming back next week, and but I had to say it. We see this picture in seven, and 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 um, I'm just going to hit seven real quick and just give you an overview, and then we're going to hit eight. So... The tribulation starts. Antichrist, all these seals are broken. We're talking about the seven seals today. Next week begins the second half of the tribulation, and and better known as the great part of the tribulation because the wrath of God begins to be poured out. So seven seals unlock the scroll, and then we hear this this last seal that is opened here in just a moment, in, at the beginning of chapter 8, will unleash seven trumpet judgments. So seven trumpets are going to sound more judgment for the earth. Seven That will lead to seven bowls or seven vials of judgment. There's a lot of judgment coming. But then... But then, Christ, on a white horse, will break through the heavens with his church, that's you and I, behind him, and he's going to come to the earth, we'll find this out in a couple weeks, and he's going to chain Satan He's going to kill the Antichrist. See, the Antichrist is killed during the tribulation. And Satan is actually, uh, assumes his body. This is wild, isn't it? Look at your neighbor and say, man, this is crazy. Yeah, it is. But Jesus will return. He'll lock Satan up. Lock all those evil folks up. And put him in in hell. He'll, And the Bible says he'll lock the doors for a thousand years. And will reign with him for a thousand years here on earth. All during this time as the band is coming up. Always know I got to really finish when the band starts moving. Chapter 7 gives us this glimpse of how people... So so that the at the end of six, at the end of chapter six, the question is asked who is able to survive the great day of this wrath? How who is able to survive? Chapter seven answers the question. Four angels show up, and you see. In verse 2, it says, I saw another angel coming from the east, carrying the seal of the living God. Basically, the authority of God. And he shouted to those four angels who had been given power to harm the land and sea. Okay? So, those four horsemen we just talked about? Before the wrath of God is poured out on all of creation. God sends an angel to hold back these four horsemen, or as as he says it here, these four angels that had been given power to harm. And the angel says, wait, don't harm the land or the sea or the trees until we have placed the seal of God on the foreheads of his servants. And then John looked and he saw The seal of God written on 144,000 heads. 12,000 from each tribe, all 12 tribes of Israel. Representing Israel. Finally recognizing Christ as the Messiah. John says, after this, I saw a vast crowd, too great to number. So he sees these 144,000. These are the folks that are going around the earth, proclaiming the good news. And all of a sudden, the vast crowd shows up around him says, salvation comes from our God who sits on the throne and from the Lamb. And the angels were standing around the throne And they fell down before the throne, their faces to the ground and worshiped. And in verse 12, they sang, Amen. Let it be so. Blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and strength belong to our God forever and ever. Amen. And so one of the elders walks up to John and he says, who are all these people dressed in white robes? And look, John's the guy having the vision. These elders are supposed to know what's going on. So John responds like any of us probably would. Well, don't you know? And the elder said, These are the ones who died in the great tribulation. And they have washed, don't miss this, they have washed their robes in the blood of the Lamb. And it made them white. That is why they stand in front of God's throne. They will never again be hungry in verse 16 or thirsty. They will never be scorched by the heat of the sun for the lamb on the throne will be their shepherd. He will lead them to the springs of life-giving water and God will wipe. Hear this this morning. Every tear from their eye. coming a day when there's no more tears and no more pain no more heartache and I'm just talking about this life here and that time and and honestly it's in the presence of Jesus oh for the day he'll wipe every tear from their eye so these hosts of people that John saw were the fruit of these 144,000 evangelists that went forward. This great awakening, this great revival, this great coming to know Jesus. And then at the beginning of eight, he breaks the seventh seal. Thunder crashed. Lightning flashed. There was another earthquake and it released Seven angels with seven trumpets that we'll talk about next week because I'm out of time. I love that sporadically throughout all of this, it just leaps into praise. Hear your pastor today. Christ is calling you. For those that know Him, He's calling you deeper and deeper still, as we sang this morning. He's calling you to know Him more, to get closer to Him. And hear me if you do not know Him today, online, in the house, He breathed life into you, and it is no mistake that you came on a Trump, uh, on a seal judgment preaching Sunday. Is it so you hear about the seals? Well, no. I'll tell you why. It's so you can hear that you can bring your tattered clothes. You can bring your sin. You can bring the wrong. You can bring the brokenness. You can bring it all to Christ. And when it's washed in the blood that he shed on the cross for you, you come out white as snow. Not for anything you've done. No, no, no. But because of what he's done. Thanks for streaming this audio from Transformation Church RVA located in Richmond, Virginia. For more information, check out our website at www.transformationrva.com.